What up? What up? What up? Shark League Podcast, man. I'm Randy Little. Um, it's the end of 2023. I hope you guys had a fun year. In and out, weaving in and out of every episode. Um, I feel like this is like the hunky-dory like year-end review episode, so I don't particularly feel like doing the recently in theaters, upcoming in theaters, recently upcoming on physical media. So like this is just me doing the back and forth with different friends and express and and letting them share their favorite movies of the year. So I'll be back tomorrow keeping it a buck, but I'll be back on the regular on like the 6th or 7th or 8th of January and I'll get back to how we normally do. Um with that, I'm still gonna spit something though. I gotta, I gotta close every episode with a little bit of rhyme. Um. So yeah, let's just get right into Nick and Eric and, and Rocket, Merritt, myself, and a couple others sharing our favorite movies of 2023. <music> Starting us off, Nick, 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 Nick. What's up, dude? Hey. <laughs> Hello. So, um, five favorites We're of twenty twenty three. Go five to one. Talk as much or as less about all of your picks. Go ahead. Uh, all right. Number five was number one for like a few months. <laughs> it's still number five. That's a massive drop. Sort of annoying that it's number five in the year of superhero fatigue, but it stayed with me after I saw it. It really shook me and moved me. So if number five, I've got guardians of the galaxy volume three. Ooh, it was, it was number one for a long time. Like I was kind of like embarrassed. Like I was like, is this really going to be the, like a repeat of 2021 where the best movie was a comic book movie? But like it was for me. Like that's yeah. But I just, it was my top, Comic, like a year just full of comic book movies. There were really only two great ones. <laughs> well, see, like if I picked a third, my third is, would be different than your third. No. I liked Shazam, like no one else on earth. Over Turtles. It, thought... Also, Turtles, yeah. Okay, Shazam over right. Turtles. Okay. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. Whatever. Okay, so we got three great ones. As I didn't want to break you, I didn't want to bust you out on Twitter the other day. I'm going to let him have his Shazam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of, of those, of, you know, the big two, Turtles yeah. is kind of over here. But I love Guardians 3. It, like, made me cry. Yeah. And, like, I, like you know, it's just like I thought about it, like, for days, like, after watching it. I went and saw it again. And that's just, like, like doesn't matter if it's a comic book movie. Like, if it does that. You know, Spider-Verse just missed my five. I think it's like six or seven. But, like, it was similar. I just, Guardians just did it for me. Like, it really, like, shook me. And I was like, that's what I need. That's what I need. That that gets you to, like, the upper echelon of my my countdown. So that's five. Number four was also briefly number one until kind of recently. Number four is Oppenheimer. 
it's just I don't I don't like I get a sense that I didn't love it maybe as much as some other people yeah. or maybe there are film snobs that like are just kind of overly freaking out about it. Yeah. But did love it and I love that like it have I love that we can have a movie like that with that kind of budget that's three hours long and I got to see it in IMAX with a full like crowd. I was like, this just doesn't happen. Like it just doesn't happen anymore. And I know that's kind of the narrative. Like everybody's going to be saying that all award season. It's just like the film industry is a lot. It's like, so. it's not, but Oppenheimer was kind of the outlier and it was great. Like everything about it was great and it's going to win a ton of Oscars. And I'm not mad if it does. Like, I'm just like, you know, Killian Murphy wins best actor. I'm like, I'm not mad. Maybe that's not my vote, but I'm like, you can't argue with yeah. that. Just everything about it, you know, the sound design, the, the the music, the production design, everything about it was just like, this is this is cinema. So that's Oppenheimer's Scorsese four. Scorsese would agree. Three is a movie that I saw last night. Wow. Yeah, and we were just talking about it off air. And it's it moved. I was just like, uh, three. I have four things. Ah, dude, my boys have sold me on blind buying Godzilla and poor things. Godzilla is great. Godzilla is hovering somewhere. I think in my top ten or fifteen. There were a lot of really good movies. This was a good year. It was great. Poor things. If it edges out like Oppenheimer. It, like, it was between, like, Oppenheimer and what I have at number two. And it was just, like, I put it in between solely on the fact it's, like, I want to watch Poor Things again. Like, really bad. Whereas, like, Oppenheimer, I wasn't, like, I need that again. Yeah. And certain other movies that came out this year that were great, but I wasn't, like, I need to see that again. Like, I just I just came out of the theater. I, I just saw The Color Purple. We know The Color Purple story. It's great. It's not like a happy story necessarily. Like most of it, I'm not like I need to watch that. The again. music tried to ramp it up though. That again is great, but it's kind of like Schindler's List. Like it's like God, fuck, that was beautiful cinema. I never want to watch that exactly. I watch Schindler's List like once every like ten years, and then I go back. But like Poor Things was just so insane and just so bizarre in like ways that like I never. It's like, I would have thought this. Like the, the the filmmakers that do the A two four shit are cheating when they make it so quirky that people like me, the American fucking shitbag who like loves summer movie shit, gets interested. Yeah, it's it's. I said it. There are certain other movies, and I think it, you know maybe unfairly. I don't know, but A two four has kind of become like the Marvel of that, where it's just like whatever it is, yes. it's like they get. The, it's just like, oh, typically too far. And it's like, it's not always them, but it's like that kind of just quirky for quirkiness sake. It's like a movie tries to be weird. A movie tries to be profound. And I sometimes like you watch enough movies, it's lost on you a little bit. It's just like, you know, I've seen like, fuck it, I'll tell you. Everything, everywhere, all at once came out last year. And lots of people who don't watch every movie every year went to see it and were just floored by it. I couldn't believe insane thing. Bandwagon. It was very cool and it is cool that we can have a big mainstream movie like that come out in a theater and it can win Oscars. Like it is cool. But I'm like, I've also seen Rick and Morty do weirder things 
than like what is happening in this movie. They're like, oh my god, the hot dog fingers, guys, and it's just like, I'm I don't know. Like I see weirder I things. You watch horror movies, and it's like I've seen batshit crazy things in my life. I get it. Horror things didn't do that at all. Like everything that was happening in the movie, I was like. Necessary. I would never have dreamed up this concept. I never would have dreamed up. If you handed me this script, I don't know if I could have. Like, I guess I could have as an actor, but I don't. It's just like, where do you even approach, like, finding this character, like, finding the normalcy of everything that's going on in the movie? And I was just, like, completely sucked in. And my jaw dropped. People in the theater weren't a lot of people. It was a late showing, but people were, like, laughing, like, out loud. Nice. But mostly how bizarre it was. And it was, yeah. It's number three. It has potential to move up. This isn't a concrete top five until I <clears> see <throat> everything I want to see. But it's close enough that it'll probably stay top five, I imagine. But it's number three. It has potential to move up because I know it's a movie I'm going to revisit, like, a lot in my life. Number two. I kept it number two. It could go up to, you know, two through three could kind of fluctuate. Uh, number two is Killers of the Flower Moon. Ooh. Yeah. I've got it over Oppenheimer, and that doesn't seem to be a popular thing. But it just, like I say, like, is that feeling where it just grabs you. Grabs you by the cop. When, there, when there's two goats, like, there's no wrong answer. I just, it just, Nolan like, or over Scorsese, Scorsese over Nolan, there's no wrong answer. <laughs> They're two, and they're also like I feel like we compare them because they're both long, R-rated dramas. They got big, prestigious releases, which again, like I said, like I love that I got to go see it in an IMAX theater. I love that it was an Apple movie and they put it out theaters anyway. I got two. I got two of those this year. Like I was like, you know what? I love it, and like they don't seem concerned that it like didn't make money. And I'm like, I love that. Like fuck it, I don't care. Like, I get it, but it's just, like, sometimes it's, like, you have to... Scorsese wants to put this out. It's, like, you do it. October was so dead, though. Like, it should have made more. It should have, probably. I don't know. It's it's They say it's, like, hard to market these things. It definitely it's like, is. It's, it's hard to market everything, because, like, that seems to be... Like, it's hard to market Mean Girls, the musical. It looks so it's, trash. It's, I'm, like, I'm sorry. they aren't doing it very well. And it's, like, no. I could have made Mean Girls... The musical trailer that made more sense than this. But anyway, I just Killers Climate, like I just gave it the edge. It just, you know, it's that thing where it just grabs you, shakes you. It's like you can't shake it. Made me think yeah. for days. Lily Gladstone's performance, I, I just thought about it for days. And it's really going to come down to like, I'm thinking it's like best actress. You know, I was about to say, like her, will she I'm get like, lead? I, yeah, I'm she pretty should, sure right? Lead. And it's, like, good for her because, yeah. you know, her, you know, she carries that whole portion of the story is, is her. And I was just yeah. really bored by it. And it was three and a half hours long, and it didn't feel like three and a half no. hours. Whereas, like, there were portions of Oppenheimer, I wouldn't say, like, I was bored or anything no. like that, but there were parts I was like, this is a three-hour-long movie. Some movies just have, like, the sauce like they just pace themselves and it's like you don't and then it ends and it's like i don't i could watch another half hour of that like if you got if you got more i'll watch dicaprio and de niro 
and Lily Gladstone do more shit for like another hour. Watch Marty cook. Yeah. 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 And that's, yeah. And then you had the ending with, you know, the people talking, doing the noises. and all That was so trippy. And I was like, I know this is the end, but fuck, that was so great. So it's number two. Number one, I'm very confident my number one is going to stay number one. I'm so Unless curious. I get two more movies. Number one, I have The Holdovers. Oh, wow. Yes. It's my number one. And, like, I kind of knew it was number one, like, as soon as, like, while I was watching it. This is the best movie this all year. Epiphany, like, while I was watching it. Like, I was like, it's Christmas. Plus, that also gave it an edge because it's, like, a new Christmas classic. We don't always get new Christmas movies. No, we so don't. I'm like, while I'm watching it, I'm just thinking, like, I'm going to watch this every year for the rest of my life, probably. You're like, confirming every year to me that it, I will watch it twice in 2024. As every, I've watched it three times. Wow. Which is something I don't do. But we rented it on the 23rd. Um, I went over and like, watched it with my mom. And then I told my sister, I was like, hey, if you're still on Mom's Prime, like, you should watch The Holdovers. And then we did Christmas Day, and like we all just watched it again with my dad. Like, I was like... Hey, that's something we can do. So, like, so I did it three. I did the random Alexander Payne thing around like August. Yeah, I had only seen Downsizing. I loved like everything he did, ex- except about Schmidt. I thought it was good, not great. Everything else I thought bordered on great, except Downsizing. I like, so this, I, like ele- I was about to say, does this fuck with election? It it's kind of similar to election. It's not as it like election is kind of like super black like comedy like kind of like mean spirited. I loved it. This sort of markets itself that way, but it really I wouldn't describe it as a mean spirited. They, they wear Giamatti down, don't they? It, it's it's it ends up just being more heartwarming Wholesome. and just like yes, like it's just as close. To perfect a movie as I watched this year. I would say just like God, they did it. It comes it's out the, Tuesday. Spoiler alert, before this F. Gary Gray Netflix movie, I'm doing almost a whole F. Gary Gray thing, but I'm going to watch The Negotiator Tuesday, and as soon as I get home from The Holdovers, I'm going to watch that shit Tuesday night. Yeah, and it sucks. Like, it's on Peacock now, I think, for free. I think so. And it's like, fuck, you couldn't have done this a week ago. Fuck, more people would have watched it. I would have watched it probably another time. A fourth time. But, Whatever. That is my number one movie, though, and that's pretty confident. Like, I, there's a handful of movies, like a small handful, that are like just movies that did not get released that aren't like I want to see American Fiction, and it's yeah. just not out till next month. Like, it's not coming out unless I go to L.A. or something. It's nowhere until January. Look up plane tickets. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dope ass, dope ass, Liz. Bro. Like, I know you're on like a good like eighty percent of every episode. But it's like I I love your list every year because like you're like a hybrid. I swear you're like a hybrid of of me, Eric, Rocket. Like you'll do the artsy shit, the summer shit, yeah. all of it. Like I, I love. It. But it's like I arrange everybody alphabetically, and G is always first. So it's like you're always first when I arrange everything. But uh, yeah. let's get to the next one. Y'all want to know Nick's most anticipated? Check out the next episode. Next up. We got Brother Jason. Um, five to one. Talk as much 
or is less about each pick, go ahead, man. All right, so my five favorites of 23, right? Yes, sir. Make sure I'm not messing up the vibe. Thanks for having me, brother. Good to be back. No, the... pop on the annual moments, so I like these. Everybody um, kicking their so own vibe is what makes these dope. Here. What's that? I said everybody kicking their own list and bringing their own vibe is what makes these episodes dope. Well, it was funny when you texted me, like, you ready for that annual movie one? I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, let me let me open up Letterboxd, because I didn't see a ton of movies in theaters yeah. this year for, for one reason or another, so I had to, like, go back and look. But I came up with five. I have a clear number one, and then just kind of, like, the four others that I love. So um, I'll just say the number one for me this year, I'll, I'll, I'll put them out front, uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Start at five. Start at five. Start at five? Start at five. Just kidding. My bad. Let me go back then. All right. I'll have to make up an order from five to five to four then. Okay. Merit is going so to have a flub five, too. Then. All right. So probably number five, I put the Meg too. The Meg is a guilty pleasure of mine. I love, you know, shark movies just in general. So, uh, you know, Jason Statham is always fun. And, and it's like, it's funny. I remember in the first one, you know, you watch the special features and they're like, we really wanted to do a movie where it's not just Jason Statham fighting, right? Like he's showing his other skills as an actor. And this one, they were like, all right, Jason Statham has to fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so ain't bro. it's like, you, you get all of his stuff on top of like, you know, the super sharks and the crazy stuff. So it was fun. That's all it is. It's supposed to be fun for an hour and a half. And I always have fun. So I loved it. Meg 2, number five. Uh, number four, okay, I'm making up a board here. Four probably be Mario, Super Mario Brothers. Great pick. As a non, yeah, as a non-historical, I mean, like, I like Mario, I'm yeah. 40, so I grew up with Mario, but didn't expect that movie to be something that I love so much, and had a lot of fun with it. Chris Pratt was good, uh, Charlie was good, you know, Jack Black was really good, just really well voiced acted, yes. and thought it was a fun story. That looked really cool. So that was a lot of fun. And of course, also at my age with my kids, like stuff I can watch with my kids gets extra points. So that's definitely there. Um, three, then probably would be Guardians Volume 3. Um, you know, I stay in the Guardians. Uh, this one kind of, I, I, it's funny. Some people are like, oh, it's, it's too heavy. It's too deep. It's too emotional. I'm like, yeah, but it's also James Gunn. And they're like, hopping along in you know bubble suits and it was like marshmallows yeah. and stuff so it's like it was it was kind of hitting all the all the notes and it's funny there's so much like gen x music drops in that that i don't even totally get mm -hmm. like some of my friends who are just a few years older than me are like oh my god the music in the movie makes it even better and i'm like you know so it just kind of has one of those things but i think it gets it hits appeals to everybody one. yeah so i really really enjoy it i stand with the guardians so it's probably not surprising for anyone who knows me but Guardians 3 is there. <clears throat> and then number two is the big nostalgia one for me that I thought they did great with uh, Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Uh, it's fun when a similar age nerd who loves something, you know, gets a project and goes into it and, you know, and wants to, like, you know, pay homage to things that, that we grew up on, but also is trying to, like, flip it a little bit, twist it a little bit, mold it in some new way. And I thought, uh, I thought what's his name did really, really good with that. Yes. And the cast was hilarious. And I liked that, you know, he had, uh, um, 
I liked that he had teenagers actually voice the turtles. So it was that was perfect. fun. Those kids all seemed to get along and like really had good chemistry. So I thought that was super fun. And that was another one that, you know, uh, it's kind of fun because I was able to take my kids opening weekend and we saw it, you know, and my kids loved it. So, so that was cool. So that comes in at number two for me. And at number one, I don't know no, what I'm it is. Like, you haven't back. mentioned it yet. Yeah. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons for me was just so, so, so fun. Um, I have no previous, like I know what D and D is in a very generic yeah. sense. Right. But never played it, never read any of this. Like, I have no idea of the lore other than it's just, like, a world with, like, wizards and orcs and elves and stuff or whatever. Like, it's all I know. Basically. So, like, that movie was just, uh, you know, it's just perfectly cast, perfect chemistry amongst the cast. Really, you know, it's like you just get this, like, eclectic group of scallywags into antics you know and hijinks and, and just go and it was just so fun i loved what? it salt in theaters twice it's one of the few that ended up you know as a physical copy on my shelf um D and for the win in, in 2023 for me for sure so that's my five i think i would have meg mario mutant mayhem guardians i'm out of the order now and then D, &D. but yeah, that's that's my five. dope list Word. dope list let's Move on to the next one. It appears to be my turn. Um, at number five, I got Elemental. I love Pixar. I love the story. There's kind of like the difference in classes, social classes, and kind of like financial classes. Like the fire people, they got to work for everything. The water people are kind of more wealthy. Uh, it's not an inside out copycat it's emotional it's beautiful it just it feels like pixar like evolved animation with the way that the different elements interact it was so dope and i loved it um john wick chapter four is my number four i i really hope this is like the end of the franchise four banger ass movies if they keep pushing it eventually they're gonna cook a dud and like this franchise being the best modern day franchise just does not need that dud. Keanu Reeves getting up there in age still like with the dope fight choreography. That's that's all a testament to everybody behind the scenes. And if he ever stopped falling down those steps the end the ending was just so satisfying man like as long as this movie is it never got boring it would never like lost its steam the momentum man it's just I, it sucks i still gotta finish the continental um yeah dude four dope movies you can't say like there's not that many four movie franchises where every single entry could be the best in the franchise at uh, number three, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. It was Turtles. I'm a long, lifelong Turtles fan, so I was always going to see this movie. But it just exceeded every single expectation I had. It sets up its own lore while paying respect to everything that came before. Focusing on the teenage element of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the best 
thing that anybody behind the scenes could have done. Getting teenagers to voice the turtles was so genius. It was so fun in every aspect that you could imagine. I cannot wait to see what happens going forward, especially with that mid credits tease. I, um, at number two, I got guardians of the galaxy volume three. I loved every second of this movie, man. It was funny, action packed, emotional, James Gunn quirkiness. He'll most likely never direct another MCU movie, and that's fine, because he went three for three. He went, like, eight for three, if we're keeping it funky, because every single Guardians movie is brilliant. Dude, like, where where the two of the primary characters in Volume 3 were in Volume 2, it just shows how much of a family dynamic the Guardians have. And, like... Seeing what different characters are like conflicted with and how it ends and where they end up, it was just perfect. Uh, man, say what you want. Like, I know like Adam Warlock was kind of set up to be like the primary antagonist, but the way that he was utilized in this movie worked. I'm sorry. And Will Poulter was very dope as Adam Warlock. Um, shout out Chuck Woody, Iwuji, the high evolutionary. Arguably the best villain, the best antagonist of 2023. Everything I could have expected and more, man. I was overly surprised and pleased with this movie. Uh, number one, my favorite movie of 2023. June came and went and nothing topped it. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. One of the best sequels of all time. One of the best animated sequels of all time. You see the growth and the evolution and how Miles Morales is handling being Spider-Man along with his personal life. And you see different universes. You see Gwen Stacy and how being Spider-Gwen has affected her. And and the the relationships in her personal life. Uh, Miguel O'Hara as uh, Oscar Isaac. It's it's so great. Uh, Jake Johnson comes back. Issa Rae and um, um, man, I cannot remember who plays Spider Punk. Daniel Kaluuya, like they they added so much, and then um, Andy Samberg, he plays one of my favorite like Spider Man variants. Ben O'Reilly is. I've always thought Spider-Man in the blue hoodie was so dope looking. I hope he gets more to do in Beyond the Spider-Verse. And the, man, the way that they set up, man, this could be this could fucking be one of the best trilogies of all time. I just I need I need it now. Like take your time, Sony, Lord and Miller, please take your time. But I need Beyond as soon as possible. I know I know it doesn't make sense. I know it's contradictory, but that's just that's the game. Um, that's my top five of 2023. Check the next episode if you want my top four of 20, my top five most anticipated of 2024. But we're gonna get to the next list. Next up, y'all know him. We got my dog in this. Damn near 20 years deep. L E G A C Y, man. Uh, he missed this episode last year. 
So January 2023, I was on his ass, dog. You can't miss my favorites of the year, most anticipated podcast again. I was on his ass. I was nagging like a 20-year married wife, and he did not let me down. So my man's five to one. Talk as much or as less as you want about each of your picks. Favorites of 2023, go ahead. Starting at five, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I feel like on the list, I think this is the one that's going to either not be on someone's list or it's going to be near the top of the list. I feel like this is that movie, right? A lot of people are not going to have it on the list, but they're going to have it near the top. For me, this could have been anywhere between... Hold on. Time out, time out, time out, time out. I slipped, I slipped, I slipped. My number five, I'm looking at number four. Number five. All right, shit. Guardian of the Galaxy is my number five. Okay. We just Guardian talked about this a day five. ago, and you said Turtles was four. Yeah. Disregard. No, number five, Guardians of the Galaxy. Incredible movie. Um, best Marvel movie that came out this year. Hands down. Uh, um. Everybody did their thing. Acting was great. It was funny when it needed to be. Um, I didn't have a complaint about this movie. Start to finish. Story was incredible. Um, Marvel needed this movie Hell to yeah. even be able to really say that they cemented a spot in 2023. Like, this movie was needed. Everything else, um, people question, don't like, do like, whatever. The consensus for this one is everybody is on board that Guardians of the Galaxy gave us one. So that's number five. Number four, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is what I was saying before, is either going to not be on people's list or it's going to be high up on people's list, one through three. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, came in, and I think people from the jump had doubts about it. Like, it was one of those movies where it was like, we're going to wait and see. We're going to wait and see. We're going to wait and see, Right. Um, it's one of those movies where the expectations are always high because people love turtles, but because of the history, people struggle with, is it going to be good or not, right? Um, I think some of the people who don't have it in their top five are um, doing the comparison to the Spider-Verse thing with the animation and those things, which is unfair because if you really are a fan of movies and how these things look... They don't look nothing alike. Facts. It's totally different animation. And because people play into that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles being the second one that was made, it's like, oh, they're replicating it. And they're not. It's a totally different animation. I've seen them both Facts. like three times. So um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did everything right to build a universe. Um, we got April as a young girl. I think maybe for the first time. Normally, she's much older than the Turtles. So having her young means that she can relate to the Turtles being teenagers, which they absolutely presented to teenagers as teenagers in this movie, which I love. But having April be that same age makes it more realistic for them to be able to move forward with her growing as they grow. I think that's amazing. Um, and it makes more sense for her wanting to be friends with them and being able to understand them because she's their age. So... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at four. At three, we got The Creator. Um, the Creator, 
I did not see it in movie theaters. I'm watching, I watched it later. And I think because of that, it benefited me in really enjoying the movie for the movie and not trying to figure out where it goes as movies go on. Seeing it later, and I'm saying I've seen it within the last couple of weeks. So this is like, you know, um, but watching the movie, it was beautifully made. It was cinema at its best. The story was incredible. Um, they created a story where um, you didn't know what was going to happen. You had hopes for things that were going to happen. And whether they happened or not, you appreciated why they went the direction they did. Um, I love the fact that um, man, Denzel Washington's son is a, is a star, man. He's I don't know if he's going to be his dad, but he he could get close. The dude can act, man. He sounds just like him. He has the facial expressions. He's he's special, man. Black Klansman, Tanette, the creator, three for three, all bangers. And and whether you like those movies or not, you don't have one complaint about him. Right. So, you know what I mean? So, yeah, the creator at number three. Number two, Spider-Verse. Spider-Man. Um, so I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Spider-Verse fighting for the number one spot all the way up until the last few weeks. You know, uh, it was it was alternate first, second, first, second, first, second. And um, some of it might have been, you know, product of the moment. And some of it might have been, I expected Spider-Man to be good, but Ninja Turtles, I didn't know. And when Ninja Turtles showed up, it was like, okay, I got to put it. You know, it was some of that going on. Um, But at the end of the day, man, for this to be the sequel after the first one being what it was, like, you after the first one being as good as it was, going into the sequel, it's like, man, they can't top that, though. There's no way. Oh, but they did. But they did. Oh my God! That this second movie, and then to be sitting there on the edge of your seat the last twenty five minutes because there's no way you saw this yeah. movie, and in the last twenty five minutes, you your hands wasn't sweating and you were sitting on the edge of your seat. There's no way that last twenty five minutes of this movie, everything up to the last twenty five minutes, incredible. The last twenty five minutes though, you was like, every scene was like. What are we watching? What are we watching? What are we watching? And for it to end the way that it ended, flawless. Flawless yeah. movie. My daughter, all the time, she's 12 years old every day. She was like, they need to hurry up and give me the third one. I can't wait. I cannot continue to wait for to see what's going to happen. She's anticipating this movie without a clue of what date is coming out. So Spider-Verse is two, but at number one. At number one, I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know this was going to happen. I didn't know this existed. <laughs> At number one. Bro talking Godzilla like he's about to have another baby. One. Godzilla Minus One was the best movie I've seen this year. And unlike the other five movies that that's on my list, the other four movies that's on my list, unlike the other four movies that's on my list, this movie is very simple. It's very simple. The story is simple. The What they presented to you is simple. The dialogue is simple. 
everything about this movie is simple, but it's simply perfect. It's it was done perfectly. The the, the it's a movie where it's all subtitled for us. It's not in our language, but they did it in a way where. Yeah, you have to read the subtitles, but everything was straight to the point. You're not having to read a thousand lines at a time. The characters say what they need to say, and then they move on to the next thing. And it made it very easy to to be to follow the movie without having to. Oh, I missed what just what it is. I didn't get to read. You know, they made it very simple so you could get through the movie. The other thing too, this movie more than any movie this year did a good job of making you be invested in the characters. The characters in this movie, you're you're so invested. By the time by the time things started happening, by the time things started happening, you're so invested that you're rooting for everyone. Yeah. You're rooting for everyone. Every character and like there's a main character, right? But I was there's a main character, but every character in this movie besides him, you're just as invested in. Like you're like, you you're you're rooting for him, but everybody else is just as important to you. And when things start to happen, you're like on the edge of your seat, like please no, please no, or yes, 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 the whole time, um, because that's how important the characters in this movie is. And all of the characters. It was like a piece of the puzzle that carried this movie. So it wasn't just one guy trying to do everything. Like, like um, I can use the creator as an example. Like in that movie, you kind of needed that main character to carry that movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was so, but in this movie, it's like, you're the main character, but it's so many other characters that we're rooting for, right? This movie also did a really good job of painting the picture of what, um, a person dealing with war or seeing war or what can happen to a person who has any interaction with um, a wartime situation, what they would be carrying after the fact, right? Yeah. And then how another um, another tragic thing could hyper, like, make that bigger, right? Yeah. Like, now, you know, you're already carrying something. But now you're stacking this on top, and now it's a much worse situation. Godzilla minus one did everything right. And when you watch it, in the midst of watching it, you're like, this is very simple. There's, there's not nothing that's going to come out and, and, and excite you, overly excite you. It's not nothing that's going to, you know, but you're going to leave this movie like, okay, that was incredible. There's no way you're not going to. And Godzilla, I'm not even going to talk about it because I want y'all to go see this movie. This is the way Godzilla should look. It's carried and portrayed. And that's my top five. Dope list, dope list, dope list. We're going we gonna to move on to, the, on, to the, on to the next one. And Jay Merritt, we see you tomorrow. Next up, my guy, y'all know him, Rocket Man. What's up? What's up? What's up? How was your holidays, man? Good. It's funny. You anticipate it for the year, and then it comes and goes in a blink of an eye. So it wasn't too bad. Just getting ready now for New Year's. But that's that's pretty a much fact. It. Um, you know how it goes. Five to one. Your favorite movies of twenty twenty three. 
talk as, as much or as less as you want about each one, man. Uh, just remember, your boy got to edit, though. So. <laughs> All right. So my top five of 2023. At five, and I love the movie, Air. The performances, you know, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, I mean, they're a good duo, a good pairing together, good friends, but just, you know, Jason Bateman, you know, great to see, uh, you know, Chris Tucker back. That movie, like, I didn't know what to expect, but for a very dialogue-heavy movie, it was pretty good. It was yes. solid all yes. the way. Solid all the way. Um, at number four, this might surprise people because the movie just came out maybe a month ago, but it's Godzilla minus one. Okay, I've, I've, I've heard I've heard great things, but I mean, you know, I'm in bumfuck Texas. I, I ain't seen that shit <laughs> anytime soon. Well the, funny, well, the funny thing is with that movie, it came out, it was also supposed to be out for like a limited release for like a week. Then it, it did so well, they extended it out for two weeks and I was like, oh man, I missed it. Yeah, and just yeah. just recently, like just before the holidays, uh, my wife found a showing at our AMC. Like it was like the last chance type showing. <laughs> we went and it's subtitles, but it is phenomenal. Like it's nothing like the U.S. made Godzilla movies. The acting, it's emotional. It's it's crazy because you know Godzilla to them is just that a monster. If we saw a monster here. We're going to be like, hell with this. You know, yeah. that's how, like, where we Americanizing Godzilla to us as a hero. You know, he's a monster. He's wrecking stuff, but he's always fighting the evil monster. Yeah. Uh, here he is the monster. He is the evil thing. So, fantastic movie. Oh, I'm going to have to blind it. buy it. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely picking that Between up. Between you sure. and Merritt, I'm going to have to blind buy this movie. It's fantastic. Um, this might surprise people, but three... To me, it was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. No surprise, since since I've already went, y'all already heard my list. Y'all know, y'all know I got Guardians. So Guardians Volume Three, I mean James Gunn. What can I say? Does it again? It's probably one of the most surprising, but also better trilogies in the MCU and trilogies around. No, no Guardians I mean, is the best trilogy in the MCU. I I mean, it's between that and Captain America. Yeah. I will say that. But, like, I didn't know nothing about the first Guardians. Like, I've heard of the characters was the comic books, but I didn't know much about it. And for what it started to what it ended up being, phenomenal. Hard so that's my number agree. three. And this one, like, my one and two were tough, but, man, if either one of these wins Best Picture, I would be... Wouldn't be surprised. I'd be happy with either one. But my number two is Oppenheimer. Yeah. I think that's, that's my, my pick for best two. picture. So it's between this and the number one that's coming up. But Oppenheimer, I mean, that movie, the performances were great. Kelly Murphy deserves a nominee for best actor. Facts. Um, um, Robert Downey Jr. to me deserves the a win. nominee. For, for supporting best supporting Facts. actor and I think he should win. Yeah. That's just me. I mean, everybody, Emily Blunt, who was only there limited time, but she knocked out of the park. I mean, everybody was fantastic. And talk about dialogue heavy movie, and that movie is almost three hours. And yes. it felt like a blink. It did not feel like three hours. It was a fantastic movie. When I submit my ballot for best picture to the Academy, Oppenheimer's box will be checked. 
No, absolutely. That, bro, for sure. And my number one, though, and I know we talked about this earlier in our in the season of, uh, on the on the pod, but it's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That's my number one. It has a chance, depending on what, if if the third one is half as good as this one, Man. that's got to be up there. For, it's just best trilogy of all time. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely got to be up there because. It's crazy how this movie, you know, the first one's about Miles Morales. We get to know Miles Morales and background, all that. If you think about this movie, Miles Morales is still the main character, but he's the main character in a, in a movie, but he's also the side character because this movie is basically about Gwen. Yeah. And to make that work where one of the side characters in the first one is now the main character and the main character who's still going to be the main character throughout all three takes a back seat a little bit but in a good way but he's still like co-star like that that's not easy to do at all and the way the the way that she she got her own team together and then they got to go save him and beyond is going to be so fire tech man take 10 years sony lord and miller take take all the time y'all need Mm-hmm. Take if, if Beyond don't come out for twenty years, just make sure that shit is perfect. And, and what I liked about it too is, you had other side characters from different universes in the first one, like Spider Man, uh, Noir, Spider Pig, and there's nothing about them in this one until the very end. Yeah. And that's part of her team, so. I was hyped when I saw that. I was happy about it because they're going to be in the third one. You yeah, know? So it's yeah like, they got to be. Man, oh, God. I can't wait. So that's definitely... And that's the thing is, like, for this, it's my most anticipated for next year. Couldn't change that time. But as of now, like, is the third one coming out next year? Because I heard it was, and then it wasn't. Then it got pushed back. And, like, it's, like, up in the air. I don't think the it original is. plan... The original plan was for this one to drop this year and then the third one next year. But it was originally March. But that's it. Yeah. But then there so, like all the stories came out about not having time to finish it before March and mm-hmm. the animators and, and the, the editors and not getting enough time and I think Sony just like kinda like swept all that under the rug by delaying it because if you delay the movie, obviously they'll have more time to finish. Absolutely. So, but those are my top five with, like I said, even though Oppenheimer's two across Spider versus one, if either one of those wins best picture, I'm happy with that. That's a fact. So, yeah. um, so, um, so my, mo- my most anticipated. No, 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 no. Ah, okay. So we're going to, uh, edit that. We're going to break. Nah, I mean, I've. Can't really edit the wax the way, the way I would like to edit the wax. So we're going to edit the video. So it's going to be shorter. But we're we going to jump to the next. You want to know Rockets gotcha. most anticipated? Watch the next episode. Next up, not last, but we, we almost toward the end of the list, the guest list. Y'all know him. Chicago Zone. Siggy Sig. How was the holidays, family? I don't celebrate it. 
<laughs> it was good, man. I had to work, but it was good. Who got yeah, to work on but Christmas? Holiday pay, so not complaining. It was all right. No Dying. complaints. And then I'm going to put you on the spot. You ready? For what? <laughs> it's, been, you got? it's been a year and a half. When is the Sigmund Cinema podcast coming back? <laughs> I, I need it. I need it. Make make it two. Make it two. Two even years. So I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a technical asshole. So around May, I'm gonna expect a new episode. Yeah, that'll work around my old. Um, old, old indeed. Man <laughs> old indeed. Uh, uh, let's shoot for that. Hi, right, dog. Uh, Top five movies of 2023, five to one. Talk as much or as less about each pick as you want. Go ahead. All right. So, oh, wait a minute. When are you going to say yours? You're going to have your own. Like, we got to wait till your episode, right? you fucking <laughs> with the continuity. Because in the portion of the episode that the fans, the one or two fans, are watching or listening I have already went. You asking questions that have already been answered as far as the order in which the podcast is presented. Okay, we're Christopher Nolan over here with the time. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, movie, I, I, I am the author directed by him. of Death. Yeah. There we go. A movie directed by him may or may not. Man, let's not kid each other. We know it's going to be on the list. <laughs> but uh, number five, I'm going to go... With a, a horror movie, and I had two for the spot. Five Nights at Nick's. Oh, I no, no, please don't bring that movie up. I, that's one of the, uh, and I hate saying that because making movies is hard. I hate. Uh, I don't do worst movie list. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't either. And I can't stand um, Rotten Tomatoes or what they've become. Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Fuck the Razzies, bro. Yeah. Like, if you want to see which movies were my least favorite of the year, bro, I have a list of every year on Letterboxd. Just check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Razzies, my, but Rotten Tomatoes, too. I'm going to say Razzies, yeah. Gabby. But, yeah, anything, if it's going to be anything, it's going to be least favorite. So. Yeah. But anyway, uh, number five, uh, uh, slasher movie. And I think it's it, it's a nice throwback to um, like the '80s style slasher. It is the third movie based on the fake trailers from Grindhouse. Nice. And Thanksgiving. And I don't know how did how did it do? I keep forgetting to check the movie's box office because everybody uh, I talked to loved it or liked it at the least. I yeah, think it I was, liked it. I liked it, and I'm hyped for the sequel. Yeah, and I don't know if, if I try to bring up Wikipedia right now, it's going to come into the screen grab. So <laughs> right, but no, uh, yeah, Thanksgiving. It was it was what most of the slashers movies should be. It was fun. It was yeah, it was creative kills. Yeah, I mean, what more can you do with jump scares? With Excellent misdirection. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right and it's good to see uh eli roth kind of going back to his roots mm -hmm. which is 
I think I asked you this before on another. Uh, has he technically is the hostile movies technically slasher movies? I think they fall closer to Saw than they do Halloween. Right, like the uh, what's what's the the gore the, Tor- um, torture porn genre, whatever the heck. Yeah, yeah, that stuff. Now watch uh, YouTube gonna automatically demonetize us because you use the p word. Oh no! <laughs> I didn't know we could not say that word, porn. Uh, but <laughs> no, nah, they stupid man. They really stupid about that. But yeah, so the total gross for Thanksgiving was 172 million. So, domestically? Uh, let's see. Let's look it up. I think that's total uh, worldwide. They have to oh. look up. What was the budget? Like 15? Yeah, budget wasn't anything. Probably okay. less than that. So That's in the green then. Right. But is it? Oh, look at this. I have to look at that later. Anyway, let's move along. Unless there's anything you got to say about it. Nah. Yeah. It's your block, fam. Yeah. Number four is a movie that technically came out in theaters, and I saw it first in theaters. At the good old Alamo Draft House. It's a Netflix movie, so that's why I'm saying that. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> uh, so that movie is The Killer. Mm. Right, one of my favorite directors, working directors. Yes, and we've <laughs> this has come up plenty of times over the years. A rec lead, a big asterisk by when I say this. David Fincher is the director that has is a director that has no bad movies, none. And we know what the Alien Three situation is. His first movie was Seven. <laughs> there we go. We gotta go. Is it's Asher's by it? They 20th Century Fox did them bogus. They tried to throw him under the bus. Didn't let him make the movie he wanted to make. Let Fincher cook. Yeah, you see what happened when he does so. Right. Uh, he seemed to have a good relationship with Netflix now. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. The the killer at it's a rather straightforward movie by um uh and I like that is kind of a character study so we've had a few movies a character study of a hitman and yeah. we had another big movie about a hitman might might not be on the list of in john wick four Shit, it's on and it's list. the <laughs> it's the opposite ends of the spectrum if john wick four is like over stylized and non-stop this movie is the the tedious part of yeah. what you would imagine being a hitman is and it's entertaining how they go about it I, somebody in one of the last few episodes i don't know who i don't know who might be wearing blue had like the genius comparison <laughs> that it was like american psycho with a hitman right yeah there you go that's the way to put it with the yeah some of the the better narration in recent times hell yeah you know um from a filmmaking standpoint narration could be used as a uh, tool of lazy screenwriting, but it wasn't here. It was obviously planned from um, the Fincher, beginning. Don't do lazy, right? And uh, Michael Fassbender is good as always. It's good also to see him back. Do he lazy. was like on a yeah. yeah. What's that? I said. I said Fassbender also don't do lazy. But yeah, this was his first movie oh, yeah. in a while. 
Yeah, a few years. But uh, then, like, not that, more, that, two or three. That, uh, Taika Watatiki's soccer movie came out, like, the next week. So, I mean, he came back to work full force. Yep. And that movie, which I don't think any of the Rec League has seen. I think Nick watched it. Yeah, Nick watches everything. <laughs> yeah, bro, y'all be... Y'all be just every every time I be taking shit for buy, buying everything or going to see everything, is Nick is right there. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, you see. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious. So I'll see that soon enough. But anyway, number four, the killer. And uh, the top three are, I'm sure. I'm sure at least one of these is going to be on everybody's top three no so <laughs> so number three number three for me i had to go um comedy i like to be diverse so comedy comedy it's simple i don't know if we have a uh we're gonna do well we would have done honorable mentions we should have been done it but anywho number three is barbie okay yeah <laughs> And I was gonna say um, honorable mention. Uh, let me let's go back to that. It's a movie that came out. I don't know why they decided to stick it in the middle of freaking July. It's a comedy, haunted mansion. <laughs> oh my goodness! I still haven't seen that. Uh, I haven't seen the Eddie Murphy one to be honest. But anyway, the Eddie Murphy one sucks. <laughs> That's what I heard. The, but no, that honorable mention, um, comedy wise, is um, is Joyride. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. Like, nobody saw that. Is no, nah, we came out like I think it debuted a at couple of days. Seven. Yeah, it came out a couple of days after the fourth. It hardly got any promotion. It was like good. Yeah, like like nobody saw it. It did. A, I would think the budget wasn't that much, but still, I think it bombed. But that's unfortunate. But yeah. going back to number three. Number three, a movie which has probably one of the best supporting performances of the year. And I don't know. I'm kind of... It's going to be some stupid, and I think this might be it. Um, and mark my word, I think Ryan Gosling is going to get snubbed. <laughs> you write it down for best supporting actor probably because um i mean but then again what else what else could go in a, in that slot i mean like downey well, should be a lock it's gonna happen downey should be a lock i feel like hope Downey's McCollany gonna, should be Downey's a lock. gonna win hope right? McCollany probably won't even get acknowledged but he should be in there yeah, they're not gonna even. They're not giving. It's like it's. We'll no. nominate him because he's Ryan Gosling, or well, it was a movie about a toy, so no. Right. But they seem to be loosened up a bit because it's gonna get some recognition. It should because it's it's this is a it's a fantastic comedic performance. Yeah. But we know how biased the Academy is toward um, horror movies for and sure. comedies for some reason. They still owe Lupita Nyong'o from us. Yeah, and like every year is because let's be honest, um, Jamie Lee Curtis didn't win that Oscar for 
everything, everywhere, all at once. She wanted, that was a career award. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we, we don't want to get into that debacle. So, no, they still owe because, Angela Bassett, uh, going too. back. Uh, yeah, they, they're going to give her an honorary Oscar as a trash. Uh, she's getting one. Which is basically, yeah, we we know we know we messed up last year. That's all that is. But not saying she doesn't deserve it. But anywho, uh, rambling. But yeah, Ryan Gosling was one of the the awesome performances, and of course, and this is a long shot for Best Actress, but it could be the well, Barbie herself. I'm. Why am I? Margot Robbie, fool. Look at me. No, no, that's not it. That's not it. <laughs> but yeah, Margot Robbie. Yeah, or Margot Robert, as we say it in Indiana. But um. Oh, oh, you claim it. You claim it, Indy now. <laughs> and her name is still Robbie. Eastside. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's turned into a ward um, discussion. But yeah, it, it should get um, screenplay. Maybe director. It will get best probably picture because it's 10. Yeah. Yeah, what'd you say? I said probably director. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Oppenheimer and Barbie came out on the same weekend, both about to be nominated for best picture. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully a, a whole bunch of other of the same categories. But it should be fun. Yeah, but yeah, definitely Barbie. I saw it three times in theaters. Wow, that's crazy. But three? No, twice, twice, twice. I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, it's all by myself. And then went on a date to go see it. Yeah, that uh, that didn't work out. Damn bitch. But anyway, um, damn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, now that's uh, why we not gonna get monetized out here. Oh man, you just YouTube is. Uh, that's not that's not what the money is for you. That's it's in it's only the audio the audio streams. Oh yeah. But but still watch us if y'all can. Don't don't. This is it's entertaining. For oh, sure. but that was number three. Number two. Yes. Is the uh it's gonna be some arguments in here. I'm curious, uh because I know one movie is I uh, haven't seen it yet, uh, so I don't know if it happened or if it's gonna happen. One movie is definitely gonna be on Nick's list. I haven't locked in a time for Nick and, to record yet. Oh uh, yeah, well, trust me, y'all. I don't know what order you're gonna put it in, but I can guarantee you, a movie that's gonna be on Nick's is not on mine because I think this movie is better Word. than that movie. And this movie is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse at number two. It's my number. My number two. I, I recently watched it, and I watched it again. That's a great damn movie. I think it's time to hang out. <laughs> yeah, man. So the other movie is Guardians of the Galaxy 3. That's your number one? Oh, that's, was, was that's, your... that's the one that don't make the list. Yeah, that's the one that was fighting for this spot. Because the way I make my list, I categorize my list. You know what, Day-Day? Uh, you fire. <laughs> Roach, you fire too. Because yeah. I asked myself, right, yeah, it's going to be, because I already have a horror movie, so that's why Evil Dead Rise didn't make it. And the killer is what the killer is. 
And I don't know, but so these just got your overall top five. Uh, yeah, it's. But I, I always do the the way I make my list is I always do the island. Like if I'm on an island, and if I had to choose these to watch, it, you know, the best of 2023, and I had to watch them all for a whole another year, and only those. That's how I'm choosing. Bruh, I'm taking Spider Verse. I'm taking Guardians. I'm taking Turtles. That's my three. Turtles. That's here. my three overall. Now we talk, now we we talking top ten. All those are gonna make it. That's easy. Because Guardians three, that's obviously the best Marvel studio movie. Facts. Um, twenty twenty three, easily. That's not even a discussion. That's that's objective. I don't want you nerds <laughs> to look at the Marvel's box office and try to say it ain't good though. Quantum Mania was poo poo, dookie, yeah, skid marks. The Marvels was fire. Just didn't nobody go yeah, see it. It was good. Yeah, and which you, is just, you saw it when the effects yeah. wasn't finished. Get out of here. <laughs> and I saw it. Both versions, which is funny. But now Spider Man Across the Spider Verse is Yeah, I think it's one of the best um sequels. Oh, for sure. One of the best comic book sequels. Maybe you could argue sequels overall. Uh um, I do. Comic books. That's yeah, easy, bro. but man, this yeah. movie is... It's in the class with The Godfather Part 2, Dark Knight, Spider-Verse. Yeah, like, Terminator 2. Terminator 2. Yeah. I'm, I'm not agreeing to that. Another Spider-Man movie. Spider-Man 2, yeah. It's, right. Sequels that surpass the original. Yeah. And it's not a spoiler. If y'all haven't seen it, what's wrong with you? It, and it's um the story wasn't even completed. It's uh, to be continued, which is, which is real cool. Yeah, and and it seemed to be almost the year of um, the cliffhanger because several other movies uh, did this also. I, after which, which Fast and Furious and Spider Verse, I don't remember anymore. I, th- I, th- I think yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's one more at least. Uh, no, it's no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. And that's just hilarious that Fast uh, Fast X did it like <laughs> a cliffhanger, really. Like, man, oh, man, that man, that cliffhanger is such a bad idea right now. Ooh, I mean, how could they have known? <laughs> Somebody knew. But they're filming it already. Is it is it filmed? Oh no, because of the strike. Yeah, I have no idea. Because um No 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 no, Mission Impossible. That's the third one. Technically a cliffhanger. Dead Reckoning of course Dead Reckoning part one ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah, because it's part right. And because they're filming that, they they're almost done with it. Nice. Yeah, but yeah, that's the one. So with the the entity, your favorite thing. <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you, the uh, only reason Dead Reckoning like didn't even sniff my video is because the setup didn't like do some outrageous over the top stunt to suck me in. Like pause, like every other. Mission Impossible. They set up the entity, and yeah. it was boring as fuck. Yeah, still a, a decent, good movie, but I don't know why they had this idea about that. And and yeah, that's that's the people's biggest complaint. You got they over marketed the big stunt, and mm-hmm. we finally seen it. Like, what else is there? Because you got Fallout and Ghost Protocol had other stuff in it. Yeah. That that they really didn't um, advertise or market it. Exactly. All the exciting Dead Reckoning yeah. shit was within like the last hour of a two hour and 50 minute movie. 
Right. I mean, the the airport stuff was fun. Yeah. But that was I mean, that, that's not. I mean, um, like suspense wise, but it's still a good movie. But it's yeah. definitely doesn't hold the candle up to the previous one. But anywho, we got yeah. on that. But that's related. That's related to still my second, uh, my number three, Mission Impossible. Yeah, I get that. That's that's yeah, I can't argue that. Your number but two, Dead Reckoning Part One. Uh, Dead Reckoning is related to my number three and number one. Number two is Spider Verse. Yeah, number two is Spider Verse, but number three is Barbie, and number one is related to Dead Reckoning because oh, July number, three number one. Your number one yeah. came in and stole all the box office flame from Mission Impossible. That's been yeah, your number, number one. one number three. Word. Yeah. That's your number one. <laughs> who'd you, you surprise? Who'd you vote? Yeah, because who'd you vote for? Uh, what you mean? I, you know what I mean when you say you're number one. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that yeah, stole uh, So... Yeah, number two, Across the Spider-Verse, great movie. Number one is Oppenheimer. Okay. Yeah, Chris. I, that was not <laughs> what I was expecting. <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there we go. Ah, so you tell everybody what you were thinking? Uh, Sound of Freedom, is that what it was called? Yeah. Okay. It came out 4th of July. And yeah, it did. You're right, though. You're still right. It did. Um, those three movies like took away um, a big chunk of the crowd, Mission Impossible crowd, because obviously Barbie Heimer and the movies came out the same day, and Sound of Thunder came out the fourth, and just uh, went gangbusters on the box office. That's why nobody saw Joyride. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, because it came out a couple of days before. Did you do anything in July yeah. besides watch movies? Nope. <laughs> God, no. I was one of the. Yeah, it's one of the best movie months. Neither did I. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, Mar- March had see, bangers, you, July you just... had bangers, and I feel like one other month had like nothing but great movies. But I think March yeah. and July were probably the two. Yeah, and you didn't see Sound of Thunder, did you? No. After it got political, no, hey, after it got political, I, I didn't care. And then after I heard that yeah. it was about child trafficking, I, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. Now, uh, it's PG-13. We really not making no no bread off of this episode. <laughs> yeah, he said all, he, said all these keywords that they hate. But uh, I'll you put it like this. Hate these uh, nuts, I you saw too. It. <laughs> I saw Sound of Thunder. We're going to get to number one. I saw Sound of Thunder on the morning. I saw a 9 a.m. show. They did the um, pay it for thing. I got a free ticket. It was a full freaking house. It was free. What you expect? Nine a.m. Yeah, true enough. But I don't know who paid, who didn't. But yeah, before all the stuff, it got political and all that crap. That I saw it before that crap happened. And unfortunately, that's a shame that it's it's making a lot of people shy off of it. You know? Yeah, I, I saw it on because Prime. I saw a movie. Yeah, what's that? I saw it, I saw that it's on Prime earlier. Yeah, I mean. I saw a movie, and it turned out to be a decent movie, and that's all. Any, any of that other crap that happened, you, we know who talked about it, and I guess Jim Caviezel has his opinions or whatever he wants to say, and he's... But I recommend it. It's a good movie. It's a very disturbing 
the subject matter, yes. I'm surprised they got a PG-13. Oh, shit. Yeah, and not a... Um, but they, they dance around a lot of the more heavier stuff. Yeah. Uh, decent enough, but... Yeah, but anyway, the number one is talk, Oppenheimer. Talk about why David Crumholtz is going to win Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Dane DeHaan. That, I mean, Jason Clark. I mean... Yeah, but you know what, though? What you're saying... That might be the thing that knock out Ryan Gosling. No way. There's not going to be two best supporting actors from Oppenheimer. Think about it. It it has happened. The most recent time that has happened was with the Irish. No way, dude. You had two supporting actors. It just happened in Everything um, Everywhere all at once. Jimmy Lee Curtis and Stephanie Hsu was both nominated. You're right. You're right. You're right. In the supporting categories. Yeah. Um. Because, like we said before, Robert Downey Jr. is going to win. So it, it, it doesn't matter. But still, you want to... I love him 3,000. <laughs> now you want... Because there's still a lot of gatekeepers in the academy. A lot of these old rules are still in place. And a lot of these old... Um, I mean, say old people. And um, Basically. they've opened up the uh, academy a lot. But for every for every uh, Mad Max Fury road that gets recognized, they like take three steps back. If we still had Kobe, Angela yeah. Bassett would have won. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just. And you heard about the um, what the voters said to Viola Davis. They don't even be watching the gang of the shit they vote for. Yeah, and they told her to relax and sit down, and because. Yeah, you should go look that up. Y'all see what I'm talking about. Damn. And yeah, it's it's um there's a there's a phrase for it. It's um Hayden. I think well yeah that and they call it a academy academy fraud or whatever. There's a, a decent page I want to on YouTube that I recommend. I I didn't think I would be talking about them, but I'll get the name for you. And it's like um like for example collateral. Jamie Foxx is literally in every single scene except for one. Best supporting actor. <laughs> Hell no. There you was co-lead. I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, anyway, without that. But yeah, Chrome holds David. That's an interesting. That could be a dark horse. I just threw a random name know. out there, dude. But you know what? That's that's not is it far fetched? Ask ask no. the question. Though. You know what I mean? It's not. Think about it. The head elf from the Santa Claus <laughs> might get nominated. That that's a good role, Bernard. An important role. Yes, he's the one An that directed Tim too. Allen into becoming Santa. <laughs> yeah, we're still in the holiday season recording this, so hey. I'm sure that's fresh on your mind. And you know what? Um, in the world of one scene performances, even though it's more than one scene, but very small, Jason Clark. Yeah. Yeah, bro. We've been saying this shit ever since July. Everybody who's recognizable in this movie, Jason Clark, Emily Blunt, obviously Killian Murphy, Florence Pugh, Dane DeHaan, uh, uh, Remy Malik, damn um, Josh Hartnett. Everybody got time to shine in Oppenheimer. Right. Yeah, and but you know they're gonna all of the big money is and um, marketing or 
a campaigning really is going to be on Robert Downey Jr. So they probably rightfully so a lot of names to be nominated. Yeah. So yeah, no, Oppenheimer is a, a three hour movie that doesn't quite seem like three hours. A lot of people, normie, normies, normies, didn't like the movie because they talk too much. What do you expect to, to be an action movie about the the guy who invented the um <laughs> that topic? Uh, an H bomb, like come on, uh, like that goofball. What's his name? He said, "Oh, it was boring. They were talking too much." One of them Paul brothers, one of them, that idiot. And I'm like, uh, yeah. But uh, Christopher Nolan, TikTok generation. Is, yeah, exactly. Um, the short attention span generation, ruining generation, being ruined right in front of eyes. But yeah, come see me if y'all got a problem with that. <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah, but yeah, and I actually saw it um, Oppenheimer twice. I was blessed to have seen it in seventy millimeter, finally uh, on IMAX. And yeah, exactly, it was sold out for, which is unbelievable. Like a ten o'clock shows were sold out. You getting out that joint one in the morning? Not two? me. Couldn't be me. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, but yeah, it's. And it is it is a difference quality wise, which is amazing. I don't know. Um, uh, you didn't see it in any big format, did you? You know the answer to that question. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> oh yes, Del Rio, that's Cinemark, One Eighty Eight. That's it. They need to knock now. How many screens in that Cinemark of yours? It's ESPN Eight. They need to knock down two and build one XD cinema. I've never seen. Please. No, that's not true. That's a cinema that doesn't have an XD um, auditorium here. I would but, love that. Yeah. And I'm going to miss. Yeah. Moving from because cinema is the because, um, yeah, it's more cinema than AMC's around here. And which is funny because I saw it in IMAX at the AMC. They have an IMAX screen. Look at but, you talking shit. <laughs> right, it's not like I'm just trying to brag. That was not. the plug, and you was talking shit. Yeah, but there's a little um, little mini controversy. So the Academy released the short list of nominees before they released the finalist, and Oppenheimer is not going to be nominated for best visual effects because it's not on the short list. Trash. Yeah, Trash. and. Which is crazy because um, Tenet, a movie that had basically all practical effects, was one best visual effects. Which is, I don't know. Academy it's, gonna Academy. Yeah. But is Nolan, Nolan gonna win anything for Oppenheimer? Hopefully. I mean, what's, what's the biggest competition? Probably the killer or killers of the flower moon. Yeah, killers of the flower moon. But think about how they treat both of these directors year after year. Scorsese only has one Academy Award. Not like the goats that they are. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. So it's gonna be between them two and then um, past. It, there's gonna be oh, just uh, like everything, everywhere, all at once. Napoleon. There's gonna be a. Yeah, Napoleon be um, is going to get snubbed. I'm just saying, Ridley Scott, David Fincher, Christopher Nolan, Martin Scorsese, all dropped this year. 
Yeah. Because it's going to be a smaller movie that's going to scoop up everything, I think, like Past Lives or... Oh, yeah. One of those type of art house smaller movies. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> and, um... Yeah, some crap like that. But no, that's that's it. That's that's my number one. I think Oppenheimer is definitely... Um, it's my best movie of the year. Christopher Nolan... That's a bet. Like David Fincher. No bad films. Nah. Uh, I think we got one more for this video. Come back tomorrow. Get Mr. Sigmund's most anticipated. <laughs> uh, what I believe is to be last up, my guy Dyron. If you if you on Instagram, you know him. Um, he, he joined us last year for the, uh, favorites of the year for the most anticipated podcast. So, um, we just five to one, however much or however little you want to talk about each one, share your list, man. Alrighty. Let's do this. Alrighty. So, uh, number five on my list is they clone Tyrone. In which is uh, a very, uh, how should I say, uh, a urban, um, sort of like an urban sci-fi conspiracy comedy That's that involves description. Um, three characters. Yeah, three characters. A drug dealer, a pimp, and a hoe. It sounds like the beginning of um, an insensitive bar joke. <laughs> but yeah, it's these three But that's the thing. It's like, these three stereotypes like exceed, you know, the roles that they're perceived as because right. they're the heroes. They're a lot more clever than what you expect them to be. And here they are actively, you know, uncovering this um, secret plot. And, you know, African-Americans in, you know, um, downtrodden urban areas. Yeah. And in that respect, it feels like a mixture between, all right, put, uh, if you get They Live, put that in a blender with Sorry to Bother You, Undercover Brother, and even Groundhog's Day, and the end result would be this movie. Because it does touch us on those things, uh, them figuring out um, this uh, large, nefarious plot against uh, certain people. Okay. And they have to put a stop to it. And then, of course, there's even though I mentioned Undercover Brother, because there's the whole influence towards uh, black culture. But then that's kind of common with most movies, like also um, Black Dynamite. And the oldest example is uh, Three to Hardway, where uh, Jim Brown and Kelly and I think Fred Williamson, they play these guys who go across America to pretty much take down this uh, whole plot where the I think it was something about the water being poisoned that only affects uh, black people. Right. So here, uh, this movie, it kind of plays on that and also conspiracy theories uh, black folks uh, mostly have. So, like, uh, all these subliminal messages and here they use it through chicken, malt liquor, hair care products, something that are pretty much uh, 
are have like an attachment to in some way, right? Whether for flavor or for appearance, and we see how that's used against them. I find it's a very uh, well told. Um, like in the beginning, I, I wouldn't even say well told. It's it's brilliant to me. Yeah, it's very much uh, subversive uh, urban comedy that, like I say, plays up the stereotypes, but at the same time flips them on the head and makes them, you know, the more um, altruistic uh, good guys that you do root for. And all of them deliver. Tayona Paris, John Boyega, and of course Jamie Fox. Like, and then we got some like cameos that we didn't even expect. That and they delivered in, you know, their small scenes as well. And I thought everything was well-rounded. Now, number four on my list is Oppenheimer. There you go. Now, again, like, I wasn't feeling um, Nolan's last movie, Tenet. Right. You know, the movie that he wanted us to die for during the pandemic. Talk, it must be sane. It's cinema. It must be seen. That's how it's supposed to be seen. I'm like, Nolan, I love you, but get the fuck out of here. It's your worst movie. I'm sorry. I'm like, so basically, dude has like what? Terminal illness, and he's taking his, you know, his plight on the world. I'm like, come on, man. I was like, I tried to get, but anyway, enough of that. We get to Oppenheimer, which I think is his best work in a while. I agree. And the interesting thing is, yeah, uh, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, no, but still, it's one of his best works in a while. I've been burned by his last few films where he kind of just dropped the ball here and there, like the last Batman movie, Interstellar, which I thought was good for the first couple hours, I guess. And I did like Dunkirk and still um, Tenet, I'm like, but Oppenheimer, it's, when you really think about it, it's a legal thriller where, you know, Robert Oppenheimer is at the center of it all. And we have the framing device of this little security hearing where pretty much his ethics, his loyalty to the country and motivations project are pretty much brought question and we see here he is back against the wall uh, telling them like how he's justified in doing it while at the same time he's burdened by all the death and you know destruction that he pretty much caused with the whole project which led to the bonnets in Hiroshima and Nagasaki and we see like everyone is against them and they want to revoke his security clearance as much as possible while at the same time not making him um, a martyr mm-hmm. by not uh, televising his whole uh, trial to the world. And what I liked about it is that Nolan doesn't cut corners with him as a person. Yes, he has an ego. He's a philanderer. And yeah, at the same time, we do see him at edge at whether this will work out or not, and will it cause, you know, deaths in the process. No. And we see that, yeah, and we already see, like, how this whole thinking process is just racing and brought up by visual cues like sparks, explosions, um, energy beams. 
and even you hear like crackles going on, like what you hear in a Geiger counter. And that pretty much like elevated the whole suspense of the film, even though it's a drama as a whole, but still a legal thriller where very much everything um, that I mentioned before is in question. And I thought it was like one of his best films. And shout out to Killian Murphy, I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. He giving it as his off as uh, Oppenheimer. And and in his very first leading role in a movie, because we've already seen how much he shined as a supporting actor, but here we see him carry the whole film with additional support from Matt Damon, Florence Pugh, Emily Blunt, who stole the show at times, and even actors you didn't even think would appear in another movie like, um, whatchamacallit, um, uh, what's his uh, um, the Drake and Josh guy. Josh Peck. Uh, Josh Bell? Peck. No, wait. No, no, no. Josh uh, Server. Not shit. Peck. I'll get my Nickelodeon characters mixed up. Um, I just said Josh Server. <laughs> um, but Josh, he's in it. I'm like, but yeah. a little scene he's in, he's good. And David Crumhose, really great. I was like, hadn't seen that dude in anything in a while. He was really great. And even Josh Hartman. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't too big on him young, but I was like, he was great here. So I'm like, everyone did a fantastic performance. And of course, I forgot Robert Downey Jr., who is basically assisted him, but at the same time acted against him. And I don't know, it might be... Uh, Best supporting actor not for him, so we'll wait and see how it turns out. Yes, sir. All right, so my third favorite, uh, bouncing all over the place, um, Across the Spider-Verse. Now, this pretty much expands on the whole creativity that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse gave us. And here we have more of the creative visual cues, the quirky humor, the chaotic and ever morphing animation style. And we're shifting through um, Andron animation, 3D, CGI, uh, even stop motion in one scene I thought was great. And even they incorporate live action. And I was like, holy shit. So they actually acknowledge in all aspects uh, Spider-Man's lore, and when I mean yeah. all, I mean all. I, I, I mean, for those who haven't seen it yet, I don't want to spoil who appears and what scene they borrow, but I'm like, it was perfect, and it felt unified, and for the first half of the story, we get Miles Morales as a character. We see he's still trying to find his voice as a teenager while his father is being promoted as captain. He's still trying to reconcile his whole high school duties along with his crime fight duties. And we see how that internal conflict plays out while we also get into the introduction of Morty's Spider-Man variants all across um, the mobile, I mean, Spider-Verse, but still almost the same thing. I'm like, Spider-Punk, great addition, Spider-Man in India, and of course, Miguel O'Hara, who 
I'm like, I don't want to spoil this role, but it's it's very significant and it raises a whole lot of stakes for what's the kind of movie. So I'm I'm prepared for what more madness and brilliance that they have in store. Now my second is Godzilla minus one. Now I'm a lifelong Godzilla fan. Love them. all these all these movies. Um, they pretty much like and when you get down to it, it's like wrestling matches with guys in suits and animatronics, which is still fun. Yeah. And I even yeah, I, I was there for the Siller era, the Siller, uh, the serious era. And we've seen how Toho is capable of making a legitimate serious movie with their last film, Godzilla. I mean, Shin Godzilla or Godzilla Resurgence um, here. But here in Godzilla Minus One, they took it like way up the notch. Like, it's a character story at first where Godzilla is the side incident and the backdrop for what's going on. I really love the setting of post-war Japan where basically they're still trying to rebuild and then this monster comes in and pretty much push everything back to them and they don't have the resources that we've seen in uh, contemporary settings nor any support from the United States because that will cause a lot of things between them and the Soviets because Again, this uh, the Cold War coming up. And here we have this uh, kamikaze pilot who basically shaking out of, you know, doing um, a service duty, which you can't blame. But at the same time, Godzilla also, um, he caters to another a truly traumatic event for him. And here he has survivor's guilt. And here he is trying to get by, you know, with his uh, makeshift family, you know, upon his return home, you know, trying to be the breadwinner, doing as much as he can. And here he is dealing with this threat that's going to level this whole city more. And we see it is more of a character study on him. Like, we feel his plight, we feel his guilt, and we see he wants to make a redemption for himself. And that's the beauty of it, because Godzilla movies, whether the previous films in Toho or the Monsterverse films we have in America, they tend to be hit and miss when it comes to character development. Here, this is one, this is one that actually makes us give a damn about the characters and we see what they're going through and we see what means they have to do to stop this creature or you know still with an event that's even worse than world war ii and as for godzilla for himself i'm like now this is where my whole godzilla nerdum is gonna show because i know a lot of people saying this is the most evilest we've seen them i'm like Watch DMK from 2001. If you ever got Pluto, just watch the Godzilla uh, channel and look for Godzilla, Mother, King Ghidorah, all-out giant monster attacks. That was the one that gave us uh, evil Godzilla. And that film, there was also um, 
a World War II context going on. And here, this plays heavily in this movie where it deals with the horrors of war and still maintaining the whole element of the dangers of nuclear weapons as what we see with Godzilla's presence and how much destruction he's capable of doing, which is very... It's more devastating than what we've seen in previous movies, especially in the build-up to his atomic death. And that scene was, even when you see, like, the spikes coming up from his back and then pushing back in, like, it's terrifying. Like, all I got to say is, if it's still playing near you, you must see this. Right. This is this the one Godzilla movie where I'll say it's a masterpiece. And last for my number one movie is <clears throat> Past Lives. Okay. Which deals with um, a decade spanning relationship between uh, two um, South Korean friends who met since they were kids in 99, still kept up. Um, well, they lost contacts when um, Mae Young or Nora, played by Greta Yee, uh, went to America. And there she. Um, becomes, um, you know, a very notable uh, educator. It's been a while since I've seen it. While um, Sung, I think it was, um, he did his um, mandatory uh, military service while also going to China to learn uh, another language. So they keep up regularly on social media, see how they're going. And then it's a, what's the beauty of it is that it's this uh, reunion of friends every so often that plays out like a budding romantic uh, film. And what makes it, uh, I say, bittersweet is that as predictable as you think, just subverts the whole budding romance, you know, thing. Um, I want to say, I mean, again, no spoiler. But this is also a must-see, and Greta Lee and Teal Young, I'm like, they they are really great, this movie, and you really uh, felt the connection and companionship that they share for one another, while also not trying to risk it all for other opportunities that they have in life. So all I gotta say is, this is a must-see as well. I know it's already on Blu-ray and DVD right now, so... But I also want to see it, you know, like, give it a watch. And that's all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fire list. Um, that's 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 everybody's favorite movies of 2023, man. I'm going to be back and put a wrap on this episode. Yo. Hey yo, if I dumb it down, it might cause a fiasco, asshole. I spit that Tabasco, causing arson. If you disagree, that's fine. Like Brie Larson. Die hard, cause all the New York scumbags on the backlog. Buford Tannen. Why you mad, dog? Trying to be Scrooge, but you got a party hardy, Marty. I'm almost 38 and they still trying to card me. I get laughed at for winning. Got me feeling like the Lakers. The white girl will ruin your life. Ask Jonathan Majors. I was awarded, probably reported, but somebody ignored it. So high off of life, you'd assume that I snorted. A couple dozen podcasts recorded. More rhymes, syllables contorted. The dictionary I extorted. The way they make moves, to me, the shit's funny. 
They say I'm a punk because I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money and chill until the next episode.